From the Whiskey Tangent Studios in Marlton, New Jersey, this is Whiskey Tangent News. Hey everybody, this is Ed from the Whiskey Tangent Podcast, here with another edition of Whiskey News. And joining me as always is Scott. Hey everybody. And wow, we have so much exciting stuff to go over today. We're going to have stories on the whiskey industry, science and technology. An update on the competition circuit that we touched on with our whiskey and the ever fun, sometimes tragic, true crime. True crime. After that, we'll talk about what new whiskeys that you can buy this month. Lots of them. And then, of course, what's coming up for our podcast in June. So, Scott, take it away. All right. It is May 2023, and here's all the news that's fit to drink. In industry news from the Whiskey Raiders, MGP shocks the bourbon world with a startlingly expensive acquisition. MGP Ingredients announced Monday that its subsidiary Luxo Incorporated has acquired 100% of Penelope bourbon. Mm. Founded just in 2018, Penelope is popular, well-distributed, critically acclaimed, and is thus an ideal brand for MGP to purchase, albeit at a surprisingly higher price than expected, $105 million upfront, with a maximum potential payout of $110.8 million by the end of 2025 if certain performance conditions are met. Of course, we've reported on a few financially larger American whiskey acquisitions recently, such as Campari's 2022 purchase of Wilderness Trail, which was valued at $600 million. However, because Penelope is a blender bottler and not an actual distiller, its value is greatly reduced. In fact, Penelope was already blending and bottling MGP's distillate, which means that MGP is essentially buying back its own barrels, which, if nothing else, should allay any fears about the product changing. The transaction is expected to be finalized in June. So what are they really buying? They're buying the brand and the following of Penelope. Basically, yes. And why would Penelope do that? And why would they do that? Have you thought about this at all? I think Penelope maybe did it because maybe it's a pain in the ass and they're getting $105 million for something they started five right. years ago. So are they, everything stays the same or are they all leaving? And that like, I don't know. I mean, that's the part that's crazy to me. I'm sure there's a reason for it. And MGP is, I think, all the people who are sourcing from them but are really popular, they're sort of like buying them up right. so they can make them as their own. I mean, that's an interesting thing that I noticed them doing. And my question for that is, when they were supplying the world with whiskey, the world was their oyster. Mm -hmm. But now, their companies, like Penelope and Luxro, will be in competition with other distilleries that they source to. Thus, they will be supplying their competitors with distillery. Right, so maybe they don't want to do that so much anymore. Well, but if they pull that back, that's a threat to their business plan. So as they do this changeover, it's going to be interesting. Will they pull from some other people and kind of leave them high and dry? It's going to be interesting to watch. MGP, Scott and I have been hyping their importance in the whiskey industry for several years now. And I think that we're going to see them make a bigger and bigger impact as time goes on until one day they might be not Heaven Hill, Beam Suntory, Maker's Mart, Wild Turkey, and of course not the vampires at Sazerac. They might be the biggest players in the whiskey industry. You know, and if they get big enough to acquire one of the ones we just mentioned, game over. Mm, It's like tech companies right yeah, in a way. so like facebook their market share was being invaded by instagram so they bought instagram right and then i think they bought snapchat too yep yep so now it's like a monopoly and then that's why everyone's in tiktok but the government might actually ban tiktok which right. is shocking to me with the amount of people on tiktok this would be you know i mean we're off on a tangible mm. welcome to the podcast <laughs> 
But this would be unheard of if the government shut down 60 million Americans doing something. It's the first time I've ever seen it happen. Yeah, yeah. It's going to save me for three hours a day, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> That's true. And all the TikToks you send me. That's right. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the second story we have in industry news from Whiskey Advocate, Wild Turkey maps plans for a new distillery. Wow. Wild Turkey owner Campari Group has unveiled new plans to build a second distillery on the Wild Turkey campus in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, capable of producing 5 million gallons annually. Campari has invested quite a lot in Wild Turkey over the past 15 years, having first purchased them from Pernod Ricard for $575 million in 2009, spending $50 million to double the capacity of their first distillery in 2011, and then coughing up an additional $100 million to open a new visitor center in 2014. The latest investment will reportedly cost $161 million, but when fully operational, the total annual capacity capacity of the two distilleries combined will be 14 million gallons. Construction is expected to begin this October and be completed in July of 2025. Where was I at when Campari bought Wild Turkey? Was I on a vacation that week? It was in 2009. I mean, it's like Goldschlager buying it. It's like Campari is a product. I don't understand how they get to buy. Like they make one bottle of bitter, shitty stuff that you guys like and I don't. They are buying half the whiskey world. They bought Wilderness Trail. Yeah. They, so they've spent a billion dollars buying other people? Sure. That's what they do. They're trying to be- They sell that much Campari in the world? <laughs> They're more than just Campari. Are they? Are they? <laughs> well, look it up. But Not to me. Yes. Okay. So the uh, third and last story I have in industry news is from the drinks business. New industry report reveals which whiskey Americans order the most. A new report from data-driven hospitality platform Union On-Prem, which looked at consumers who'd purchased a spirit at a high-volume bar or restaurant at least five separate times during the calendar year of 2022, has revealed the whiskey brand that American drinkers order more than any other whiskey brand. Ed, care to guess? My gut would say Jack Daniels. My second guess would be Crown Royal. If you have a third guess? Oh, Fireball. No. All right, what? Jameson. Oh, shit. Yes, yeah. shots of Jameson, yeah. yeah. I mean, anybody from the college kids down to, you know, the old men at the golf course, <laughs> it's something that they all know. I remember being a young man myself. I would go into a bar, and I'd either do a shot of Jack or a shot of Jamo. Right. Uh, and then there was the whole pickleback yeah. phenomenon yep. that comes up in the summer is where people get a Jameson and some pickle juice. Yeah. So, yes, I'm not surprised at that, but um, good for Jameson. I'm sure they're surprised by that because it's America. Yeah, um, even though... It was Jameson that was the biggest brand. Overall, it's American whiskeys that have had the highest retention rate at 74%, meaning that 74% of drinkers who ordered a whiskey during one visit also ordered whiskey during the next visit. Irish came in second place at 65% retention, and Canadian came in third at 63%. In fact, the whiskey category overall experienced a retention rate of 54% on par with vodka and well ahead of all other spirits categories. Explain retention rate again to the general public. Um, and me, because I don't know what you're talking about right now. Right, so you went to a bar right and you my retention rate is a hundred percent but go ahead <laughs> well yes mine as well so you went to a bar and you had okay. a whiskey the next time you came in if you had a whiskey that subsequent time right. that's called retention i enjoyed it so much the first time yeah okay all right so in science and technology news from foodandwine.com how much water is too much water to put in your whiskey science has the answer. Mm. According to a recent study published in the journal Foods, the act of adding a small amount of water to a glass of whiskey can help reveal its full flavor profile. But too much water can weaken both its taste and aroma. Shocking, I know, because we say it all the time yes. on the podcast. But here's what's interesting. The study enlisted the help of 25 participants who provided notes on the aroma and taste of 686-proof whiskeys, three bourbons, and three scotches. When undiluted, participants could easily differentiate between the six. And when diluted, 
diluted to approximately 80% whiskey and 20% water, they could still distinguish between the spirits in each group. However, after reaching a dilution of more than 20% water, the bourbons started to smell and taste like each other, as did the scotches, although they were able to still tell the scotches from the bourbons. Nice. The study's lead author, Professor, and get this, Tom Collins, <laughs> so, summed it up like this. If you want to enjoy a specific whiskey, you don't want to dilute it by more than about 20%, which is why those large square ice cubes have become so popular. You can actually enjoy the whiskey before it gets diluted to the point that it's not the same whiskey. Right. That's what I use at home. They're never all the way diluted before I'm done the drink. Right. I think that's important. And, and the thing is, if I have 135 proof whiskey, I will not use one of them. I will throw in two regular cubes so that it melts a little faster because I want that closer to 105, mm. which is where I tend to enjoy whiskey, which is about 20%. And so I, I think I already knew that. Yeah. That's why I included in this because it's like you've been validated by science. Right, and I will say that our friend Mike from down the shore that we mentioned from time to time, including yep. buying me the Calumet 16, which I guess you'll hear yeah, next month in the future. Yeah. He went to a talk with Booker No from Beams from Tory, and yeah. he said you could go to a 50-50 mix and still not destroy the flavor profile. Mm. Scott and I tried it, and we disagreed with him. Yeah. Now, if you're a novice whiskey drinker, maybe that's in your wheelhouse. I feel tasted watered down, so did Scott. Scott yeah. definitely did. Scott really spit it, smacked it out of his hand, and threw it against the wall. <laughs> Why did you put water in it at all? <laughs> right. What are you doing? Right. But I think that 20% is pretty accurate for me. Not if you're starting at 86. You know, I have a wine fridge that I keep my sub-90 whiskeys in because I like to drink my whiskey cold. Yeah. I don't like to put the stones in because I think that they get a weird flavor from the freezer. You know, I keep it elevated so the cork isn't wet. So just don't start emailing me with how I'm rooting the bottles. Like, my God. I took a picture one time of my collection with my bottles laying down so they could be seen. And everyone like, like, I hope that's not how you're storing it. Oh, my God. What are you doing, bro? You're going to ruin the cork. It's cork rot. I'm just trying to let you see all the bottles. So I learned real quickly to never post another picture on the internet. Uh, why do you think I don't post anything Scott doesn't even exist. This is even his real name. His real name is Bob. Bob. As in Bob, my Oh, my God. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> All right. So the second and last story I have in a science of technology is from the whiskey wash. <clears throat> Former food scientist creates a spirit made from a byproduct of cheese. Well, that sounds way terrible. Right. See what I did there? Oh, just <laughs> way. <laughs> Holy shit. The U.S. cheese-making industry produces more than 5 million metric tons of cheese annually, which is so much cheese that we're making it faster than we can actually... I, about, I think I eat about a quarter metric ton. Eat it. <laughs> but what we're also making in the process is more than 45 million metric tons of whey, that white watery liquid left over after the formation of curds, which are formed into cheese. Mm. And because there are serious environmental impacts surrounding whey's disposal, other industries have long been interested in discovering new uses for it, including in animal feed, in protein powders for humans as substitutes for plant-based oils and now apparently for making liquor. Emily Darchuk, former food scientist and founder CEO of Oregon's Wayward Spirit. Oh God recently launched a first-of-its-kind spirit made of whey and barrel-aged like a whiskey that she calls whiskey. I'm so appalled by this. As Darchuk says, at Wayward Spirit, our ethos is about breaking boundaries and bringing to market better tasting and more approachable spirits made domestically and responsibly. And indeed, Wayski exhibits the natural development of oaky vanilla toffee and warm spices, all while being additive flavoring, gluten, grain, and lactose-free. With a proof of 80 and a retail price of $69.95, their first release is now available in 36 states via their website, waywardspirit.com. 
I don't have anything to say to that. <laughs> I'm looking it up right now. I'm looking at the bottle. Oh, are you? $55. Oh, 55 What did you say? It said in this article, about 70 Well, 80 proof. That's it. Wayward spirit. Velvetly smooth, handcrafted waste spirit. And it's got a steer on it, which is a misnomer because steers can't give milk. So I don't understand what that means. <laughs> I'm criticizing the bottle. It looks cooler than a cow. I'll tell you that much. I'll show you, Scott. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's That's like, awesome looking. It's one of those long hair steers. Yeah, like the, it's the one that looks like an emo comb over. Yeah, it's like really, really cool looking bottle. And if she would like to send us a bottle, we will be happy to. Uh, oh, I'd love to taste it. Yeah, sure. We will taste it on here. We will give you our honest opinion. So, Emily, if you'd like to send us a bottle to the Whiskey Tangent Podcast, uh, Scott and Ned will be happy to proof it for the world. Yeah. We could actually eat cheese and crackers with it. I'm sure it compliments it lovely. <laughs> no way. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> all right so in competition circuit news yes lots going on yeah so christopher davies who was featured on part one of this year's whiskey on tasting competitions yep. reached out to us to tell us that his 2023 north american bourbon and whiskey competition is now accepting entries the 100 point scale double blind tasting will take place on july 8th and 9th in new orleans and will be judged by certified spirit specialists seasoned buyers mixologists sommeliers and master distillers for additional info about this competition visit whiskeycomp.com right and for their global spirits challenge they've already had the scotland um oh they had that already they had that because george flew out for it oh right george masca who's the president of d class who is yeah. our sponsor and chris had originally invited us to the new york yeah. chapter which is coming up i got that weekend blocked off go up there sunday and we'll uh put the whiskey tangent stamp on it if chris wants to bring us on sure so in other competition circuit news san francisco world spirits competition has announced their winners Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, not their best in shows or anything, just their double gold, gold, silver, and bronze. Okay. So just a short list of their double gold winners, just winners that are relevant to us. Yeah. Barrel, Seagrass, and Dovetail both won double gold. Mm-hmm. Blue Note Juke Joint and Crossroads bourbons. Clyde Mays Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Elijah Craig 18-year. Oh, okay. Heaven Hill Bottle and Bond. Journeyman's Not a King Rye. Well, there you go. Yeah. Russell's Reserve 13-year. Yes. Sagamore Spirit 8-year. Stellum Rye Fibonacci Blend. Nice. We agree with that. Yeah, that was terrific. Stranahan's Blue Peak. Love it. So what you bought for me and what I bought for you. Yes. <laughs> uh, Teeling, small batch, Irish whiskey, the rum-finished one that we love. Love it. The Sexton, which was a bottle Ooh, that we got a while th- ago. That's a $30 bottle for you all. Oh, I mean, that's so good for so cheap. It is the best bargain in the Irish whiskey world. Agreed. Go back to season three where we did yeah, a short on that one. Absolutely. Uh, W.L. Weller, 12-year. I guess. It's a myth to me. Yeah. It's like saying Bigfoot won one. And... Whistle Pig Boss Hog 9. Which we have. Which we won, and it's in our locker. Right, because it's a $741 bottle, which we would never (laughs) buy, but we won in a lottery, and we are drinking it slowly and enjoying it. And it's fantastic. It is fantastic. All right, so the last thing I have in competition circuit news, the Ascot Awards have also announced their winners. And I would like to say to Fred Minnick, we are in New Jersey, and we are available for judging. We've drank 300 whiskeys. We are here. Somebody (laughs) utilize us. We're here for you. Put our palates to good use. You're the closest to us, Fred. You know, your people contact our people, and we're here for you. <laughs> right. Siobhan, expect calls. Yeah. So their highest is double platinum. So I'm going to go through a notable whiskeys in that category. The Amrit Indian Single Malt. The which, regular. Which I don't think we tried on air, but we tried. Oh, no. It was in one of our whiskey madnesses. Oh, yeah, it was. I think the second one, maybe. Yeah. yeah. 
Barrel Bourbon Batch 33, Benchmark Bonded and Foolproof. We drank the... Yeah, what did we have? We drank the, the single night. barrel two days ago. The single barrel we drank. Okay. Oh my God, it was good, right? And that was for like $35. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, Henry McKenna, single barrel, the 10-year bottle and bond. Right. That Ed, Ed loves. Yep. Jack Daniels Triple Mash. Yes. Journeyman's Corsets, Whips, and Whiskey. Absolutely. Journeyman's Last Festival Rye Cask Strength, oh, which I've never, never had that. seen and I've never had, but I need that in my life. Yeah, I think we definitely need to I love that. the Last Feather Rye. The cask strength could only be gold. Uh, Larceny Barrel Proof A123 and the regular Larceny both won double platinum. And I saw the regular Larceny today for $29.99 right around the corner. It's a bargain. Old Ezra 7 year rye. Which we discovered this year and loved. Mm -hmm. The Old Smoky Banana Pudding Cream Moonshine won double platinum. I didn't buy that one, but I saw it when we were doing the Moonshine. (laughs) Yeah, you talked about it actually. I I went for the more traditional apple pie, but the banana was there and I was like, oh, that sounds really tempting. (laughs) Now, I almost feel like we're obligated to get it and do a quick taste of it. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Why not? Um, the Remus Repeal Reserve Bourbon Series 6, which we featured this past Whiskey yeah, Baddest. It's delicious. It's not as good as 5, but that's not its fault, and it doesn't mean it's not a double platinum. Right. Again, the Stellum Rye Fibonacci Blend, and the W.R. Weller Foolproof. Okay. One on so this listen, one. if you haven't been able to find the Stellum Fibonacci, it's worth it. It's really complex. It's delicious. It's a blend of, you know. We did a whole yeah, thing on yeah, it. Yeah, we did, yeah. <laughs> wait, when, when was Oh, we did it on our last call just last September. Right. It's wonderful. It's Uh, it's one of the best whiskeys I've ever had. It might be one of my favorite things that I've had from Barrel. And, and uh, that's saying something because de- they have everything is awesome. Right. We've never been disappointed by Barrel, but that's one of the best things they put out. Yeah. So now we come to True Crime. Can't wait. I, I never know what this is going to be. I know. And I want everyone to understand, Scott doesn't share these stories with me. No, I, on he- purpose. I, I'm hearing him the same time you are to get my reaction. Right. He, he likes to bait me sometimes and, yeah. and you know, he's a master at baiting me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Oh, shit. So easy. Okay. That's a true crime right there. (laughs) And a lie. Go ahead. (laughs) The true lies. Uh, The first story I have is from Citizen.com in Georgia. High schoolers get caught with whiskey. Two students at McIntosh High School in Peachtree City, Georgia, are in trouble after bringing their own refreshments on campus that are definitely not available at the school cafeteria. (laughs) According to a report from the Peachtree City Police Department, an officer learned of the pair being in possession of several mini bottles of Firewall whiskey that had been posted on the social media site Instagram. The investigation resulted in two students ages 17 and 18 being charged with being a minor in possession of alcohol, which in Georgia is punishable by up to six months in jail, a $300 fine, or both. And the 17-year-old was like, good luck with all this, bro. (laughs) Happy birthday. All right, so I have an editorial. Kids, kids, come here. Come closer. Come closer. Look, we don't condone underage drinking here. But if you're going to plaster your whiskey all over social media, get arrested for it, and then have it reported in the news, at least let it be something better than Fireball, okay? We'd be so much proud if you were like, the kids had the Knob Creek single barrel in their locker yeah. or something we, like we that. We would give them thumbs up. Yeah, but like, Just secretly, oh, though. Yeah, 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 you shouldn't do it. But shouldn't do it, but thumbs up. You have good parents. Good whiskey, okay? I'm glad we had this talk. Or at least do what we did in the 80s and class it up with some Goldschlager. Oh, we, oh my God. Uh, our cinnamon liquor had like little gold flakes in it. Uh, it did. Because Fireball's liqueur, too. Just don't get it twisted. It, they, right. It's not whiskey. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you've never had Goldschlager and you're a fireball addict, class it up sometime when the people come over like, oh, you got fireball? No, we have Goldschlager. It has actual flakes of gold in it and nothing says class more than gold flakes in your liquor. (laughs) And in your poop. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's glassy. Oh my God. All right. So from, from new six, also in Georgia, yeah. elderly man beats his wife, then threatens police over whiskey. Deputies in Columbia County arrested 84 year old Roberto Barja, who asked his wife to take him to the liquor store to buy a bottle of whiskey. When she refused, he had a bottle delivered and began drinking anyway. The man then started calling his wife obscene names, which is when she threw a three pound weight at him. The man threw the weight back, hitting her, which is when she tried to call 911, but he grabbed the phone out of her hands, threw her against a staircase, and began choking her. After somehow being able to free herself, the wife recovered her phone, ran to her car, and called the police. When deputies arrived, the man told them that they weren't welcome and locked himself inside his bedroom. After they gained access to the room and attempted an arrest, he began to threaten them. I'm going to shoot you in the face, he shouted. I'm going to kill all of you deputies. Then proceeded to punch one officer in the arm and another in the leg and pelvis, but because he was 84 and drunk, they were able to arrest him easily. I think I know why his wife didn't want to take him to the store now. Right. He's not a good drunk. No, Roberto Barja is charged with aggravated assault, making terroristic threats, and willful obstruction of law enforcement officers. Oh my God. Sounds like me when I'm 84, I have to tell you. I'm just kidding. We all know I'm not living 84. Next story. Right. That's the joke, folks. That's the joke. The last story I have uh, in the news yeah. for not just true crime, but all the news, and then we'll get to the whiskeys that are new this month. Aiken Standard in South Carolina, drunk driver hits brick wall adjacent to an aptly named road. Ray Bauer Vauters III, 52, was arrested and charged last Tuesday with driving under the influence and leaving the scene of an accident after he crashed his pickup truck through an intersection into the brick wall surrounding the 1920s-era home known as Rond Point. The portion of the wall that faces the intersection of Coker Springs Road and, wait for it, Whiskey Road, uh. has been hit six times since 2019, including twice last December and once this past March, after which it had still not been repaired. A bystander told police she observed a white male inside a pickup truck attempting to reverse the vehicle out of the wall which had penetrated the area that had previously been damaged the driver then exited the vehicle and staggered down a side street when police caught up to the man they detected a strong odor of alcoholic beverage after which he began stumbling when asked to complete a standardized field sobriety test he refused and was placed under arrest for suspicion of dui I mean, I'd like to talk junk about that, South Carolina, but in New Jersey, we have a town called Wall, and right next door, we have a town called Brick. <laughs> there you go. You can live in Wall, or you can live in Brick, right. and if you drive through real fast, it's like you're driving through Brick, brick Wall. wall. <laughs> so you can also drive through a Brick Wall in New Jersey anytime you want. Right, and then you, you won't get arrested, though. No. Yeah. And why? Unless you're drunk. Unless you go too fast. And, and yeah. you're drunk. Right. And you shouldn't drive drunk. You shouldn't do that. All right, so now we have all the new whiskeys that you can buy in May. Right. I think this is the best thing we do in the news because mm. it's hard to keep track of everything coming out. And some stuff is so rare that if you're not aware that it's coming out, you're not going to get to drink it. Yeah. And there's some really good ones too. Yeah, some you have a week to grab, some you have a month to grab, and then some it'll be there for the rest of the year. But yeah. you don't know that. We're like NPR right now. This is our public service <laughs> announcement. So Scott's going to do it in the NPR version. <laughs> okay, Scott. So okay, tell everybody so what whiskeys are coming out. These are the new whiskeys that you can buy this month. Oh, it's so, that's groovy, man. That's okay. Great. So the first whiskey that we have is... <laughs> From All right, enough of that. Go ahead. <laughs> I changed my I'm mind. bored already. <laughs> <laughs> right, everyone just turned on the sports network. <laughs> okay, so the first whiskey that we have is Balcones Texas Blue Corn Wine Finished Cast Strength Bourbon. This is their annual blue corn special release, this time finished in Washington Cabernet and California Grenache casks. It's aged 
four years. It's 121.6 proof. Oh, wow. 100% corn, oiled leather sofa, antique china cabinet, candied pecans, black cherry ice cream, strawberry jam on scones, and cola garnished with orange peel. That's just the nose. Well, I think I know where the barrel guy's uh, moonlighting at. Barrel, you need to take a look at that guy. He's definitely stepping out on you. <laughs> He's killing me right here. Long and layered with flutters of gardenia amidst rich notes of cocktail cherries on the palate, and the finish is warm with spiced pear cobbler leading into allspice macerated berries and mint chocolate. The MSRP is 80 bucks. I mean, if everything is on that, that's going to be awesome. I mean, but I don't trust it because I don't trust Balconies anymore. Right. Balconies, we did an episode on it. Scott, it was episode mm, 58. And everything they had, I didn't like the finish, except for their True Blue, mm. which was a Benash barrel pick, which was delicious. So right. they can get it right. And that was a cash strength as well. Right. And so maybe, maybe. Just maybe. Just maybe this could be a home run. And so if it is good, I'll wait for Benash to do a barrel of it, and then we can buy it there. All right. So the second one we have is Barrel Rye Private Release Series. So this is a set of 10 rye whiskeys from Indiana and Canada, each finished in a different barrel. Aramagnac, Bourbon, Exo Cognac, Madeira, Ruby Port, Barbados Rum, French Sauterne, Hungarian Tokahi, Oloroso Sherry, and Pedro Jimenez Sherry. All are 116.7 proof. All have no age statement. All have their mash bill not disclosed, but all are MSRP of 110. So I was told by people who do barrels there, there's like 50 whiskeys sitting out mm. and you go and you try all 50 and other people are in the room with you. So you're looking back at the barrel and you're like, mm, I like barrel 38. But if you go on to try 39 through 50, you might lose 38 because somebody might grab it. Mm. And they said it's really, really <laughs> pressure filled. It's nerve wracking. To pick a barrel at barrel ironically <laughs> all right so the next one we have is blood oath pack number nine this combines three different bourbons as they do uh, a 16 year a 12 year and a seven year all finished in oloroso sherry casks 98.6 proof as they always are the mash bill is not disclosed notes of sweet sherry with hints of ripe fruit on the nose fig plum and raisin with notes of molasses chocolate and tobacco on the palate and a finish that is long lasting with fruit and spicy oak the msrp 130 Right, and the problem is that 130 is a misnomer. We used to get the new one every year when it came out until this last year when I couldn't find it for below 165 or 170. Right, because it hit the secondary. Yeah, and yeah. so this 130 is a myth. It'll be 180 when it gets to us, and, and we're not spending 180 on Blood Oath. And so no. they've priced themselves out of the Whiskey Tangent unless they want to send us one. Right. If they send us one, even a 375, we'll taste it on air and tell you all what it's about. But we're done feeding that because there's better 100 proof whiskeys out there are 98 point you know yeah it's sub 100 i guarantee you it's probably a decent bottle because all their sure. bottles have been really good right this is right. not a critique of the whiskey itself right and if i could find it for 130 maybe scott and i'd be like oh let's maybe. just we both would kick in 65 because yeah, we haven't it. done blown oath on a podcast right. in a while we would do it but we can't find it for 130 so no. we're not going to do it because it's going to be 180 and we're not kicking 90 in each for one bottle we've got a podcast we got a lot of whiskey to buy we buy lots of whiskey yeah. so if you'd like to send us money to buy whiskey <laughs> uh, email us at whiskeytangent@gmail.com. we'd like to send you money ed and scott we'll send you our venmo right and you can even tell us what whiskey to buy with it i mean we could spin up a patreon but that's a lot of work yeah it's a lot of work and for the four of you that would join <laughs> You might as well just do it privately with. Scott I mean, and I. thank you for the four, but right, yeah, right. right. You just sent me twenty dollars. Right. 
All right. So the next one we have is Buffalo Trace Experimental Peated Bourbon. I thought this was interesting. The only other peated bourbon we've experienced is from Kings County. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. Some people told me it was the best whiskey they ever had. We didn't feel that way. No. But we recognized how unique it was. So this is their 26th experimental collection release. And with it, Buffalo Trace is exploring the influences of peat on their standard bourbon mash bill. So instead of using traditional barley, master distiller Harlan Wheatley turned to smoked peated malt imported from the UK. It's aged nine years, which wow. is pretty good. Uh, 90 proof, smoky and nutty with hints of leather, mahogany, and cocoa beans on the <laughs> nose. Light smoke and brown butter on the palate and sweet toffee on the finish. The MSRP is $47, but that's for a half bottle. 375 milliliter. All right. I mean, that's not crazy for them. Yeah. It's a nine-year Buffalo Trace. But hey, you know what I would rather have? A 10-year Eagle Rare for 40, <laughs> which is what I, you know, you should be able to find it for. Or even 45. I was in the store today, Scott. Mm -hmm. They had a Henry McKenna behind the counter for $106. I laughed out loud. Wait, the, just their 10-year bottle and bond? Yes. $106. Oh. Exactly. What? What? It, it's twice the price it should be. Uh, oh my God. And so I laughed at them and I said, no. And then they had a stag, it used to be stag junior yeah. for $306. Jesus. But the best was the, the Blanton's gold that they had for $436, <laughs> which is $103, I think, MSRP. Yeah, we had it. It's good. It's good. It's not $400 good. It's one of my favorite Blantons, and if I could find it for $103, I'd buy it, but I'm not spending $400. I mean, I can order it from Japan for that price. I know. It's crazy. All right, so the next one we have is Elijah Craig Barrel Proof B523. Now in its 11th year, which I didn't realize that Elijah Craig has been doing this for 11 years, is out with its second release of this year, 2023. It's aged 11 years and five months. It's 124.2 proof 78% corn 10% rye 12% malted barley which is the regular Elijah Craig mash bill oak caramel and cinnamon on the nose oak caramel apple ginger and cinnamon red hot candies on the palate and the finish that's long and warm with notes of apple ginger caramel and oak the MSRP is 70 but again good luck I would buy that for $70 oh, every sure. day of the week sure it's a bargain 70 I mean it's similar so this is Heaven Hill and it's similar to how they do their uh, larceny barrel proofs but you know that is also skyrocketed in price and you you probably would pay 100 for that. You have paid over 100 for that. Ah, when we needed it, yes. yeah. Uh, would I you pay 100 for Eliza Craig, like not having tasted it? Yes. Okay. I would spend 100 once to try it. I agree. I, I would, would too. too. Because it's 121 and yeah. because it's 11 years old and because I have great respect for what Heaven Hill does. Yeah. All right. So another one, the Jefferson's Marion McLean. What? This is very interesting. So named after Jefferson's founder, Trey Zeller's eighth generation grandmother, one of the earliest documented female bootleggers in history. Oh my God. This bottling is made from a blend of five different bourbons. Oh, all right. 40% is an 11 year Kentucky bourbon. 21% is a 14 year Tennessee bourbon. 17% is a rum cask finished bourbon. 14% is a weeded double oat bourbon. And the remaining 8% is an eight year Kentucky bourbon. It is 102 proof. The tasting notes are custard, vanilla, cocoa, honey, crisp, apple, orange peel, and caramelized banana on the nose. Banana, brown sugar, toasted pecans, peanuts, raisins, cherries, raspberries, cinnamon, sugar, and a bit of tropical funk on the palate. Long and nutty with pecans and walnuts joined by lemon and orange candies, blueberry yogurt, pineapple, oak, and a touch of ash. Don't touch my ash. <laughs> <laughs> on the finish. Don't be an ash hole. 
The MSRP is $300. Well, right. And we're out, but there's the hardcore collectors are going to be lining up for that one because that sounds amazing. So he discovered that his eighth generation grandmother back was a bootlegger, the right. one of the first documented female bootleggers. And I will point out that it's awesome. It is awesome. And this is an amazing, I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into creating this spirit. I yes. Mean, is it overpriced? I have no idea. It doesn't sound overpriced to me. It sounds like a lot of work, a lot of old bourbon mixed in together to get that flavor profile. I mean, I wouldn't spend it out of my pocket, but I certainly can't say like, oh, that's a ripoff. Yeah, it's got to be really limited too. They didn't say how many bottles they made of it, but it's right. probably not a whole lot. Right, at least 10. <laughs> yeah, just 10. <laughs> No, it was just then we'd be able to like a thousand dollars. Thank God they didn't put it on a boat after that and sail it around the world and add another hundred dollars to it. <laughs> oh my God. And the Marion McLaren Ocean <laughs> bourbon. We shipped right. it to Singapore. Right. Someone should take it on a cruise and tell us if it tastes better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So the next one we have is Knob Creek Seven Year Rye. So what? Knob Creek has added an age statement to their regular rye. All right. It's 100 proof, as it usually is. The mash bill is not disclosed, but uh, purportedly 55% rye, 35% corn, 10% malted barley, sweet caramel vanilla rye spice apple, floral notes, yeah. and a hint of leather on the nose, black pepper, sweet vanilla, and caramel on the palate, and warm and smooth finish with lingering oak and rich spice. The MSRP, you can't beat it, $37. I mean, Knob Creek, the nine-year bourbon, lost their age statement, and for a while it was artfully aged, and yeah. then they fought back. They made more they, stuff. They made more stuff, and they put the nine back on it, and I respected the hell out of them for that. And the fact that they now have built up enough reserve where they now can throw an age statement on yeah. the Y, they work hard at staying legitimate. The Baker's is still seven, and the Knob Creek Bourbon is still nine, and now we have another seven for their rye, because mm -hmm. it's all beams from toy products. And I give them a lot of credit. Honestly, you should go out and buy Knob Creek. Try their rye if you haven't tried it. It's delicious. And now it's got an age statement on it. Hats off to Beams from Tory for really staying consistent with the original small batch collection of Basil Hayden, Knob Creek, Bookers, and Bakers. Yeah, they're putting out new stuff, but like you said, they're not ignoring their core brands. Yeah. And this seven-year age statement is a testament to that, and I cannot do anything but applaud them. I love Knob Creek. I love the rye. It's perfect for cocktails. It's yeah. perfect for sipping on its own. I literally just had a Manhattan made with it two days ago. Yeah, and it's just a great move on their part, I think. Mm -hmm. All right, so another famous brand, uh, Maker's Mark, has released a new expression in their wood finishing series called BEP. Now, BEP stands for Barrel Entry Proof. So, as we've discussed previously, by law, bourbon must enter the barrel at no more than 125, which was actually raised from 110 in 1962, but Maker's Mark never raised their barrel entry proof for their stuff, so they always maintain the lower 110 level. Right. This expression is at that level, but it's finished with virgin toasted oak staves. Is that, this a 46? No, this is their wood finishing oh, series. Oh, okay. Because, I mean, they've been doing staves in their 46 for a that, while. Yeah, they have been also. It's anywhere between 108 and 114 proof. It's 70% corn, 16% red winter wheat, 14% malted barley, which is a regular Maker's Mark mash bill. Toasted vanilla, subtle spice, and caramel on the nose. Bright vanilla and brown sugar on the palate. Medium bodied and balanced with rich caramel and dry baking spices on the finish. Man. And I would 70 bucks. I would love to be medium bodied at some point. That'd be great. <laughs> and balanced. And balanced. I have no balance. I'm top heavy and I'm not medium bodied. Are you rich and caramely? I am. Well, no. Inside I am. You're, you're, no, you're poor and sugary. I'm, right. I'm like I'm like white cane sugar on the outside. <laughs> you're just like coated like a creme brulee, but not, not having been burned yet. <laughs> I'm a pre-burned creme brulee. 
<laughs> you're right. just a, a massive cream that somebody put sugar on and right. someone's about to blow torch you. Exactly. All right. So the next one we have is new riff. They're releasing oh. two new expressions. Spoiler alert. I think there will be a new riff episode at some point. Yeah. Everything I've had from them, I go, oh, shit, this is yeah, not bad. Yeah, this is pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, so they're releasing two. One is called Yellow Leaming Bourbon and the other one is called Blue Claridge Bourbon. Continuing in the vein of their past experiments with heirloom grains, New Riff has launched two new limited expressions, both bottled and bond oh, Kentucky straight bourbons. Damn, you know that just sucks me right yeah. now. I'm a bottle and bond whore. You are. Both are five years aged, which is an extra year that they didn't have to do. Both were 100 proof. They have different mash bills, so they both have 30% rye and 5% malted barley, but just the corn differs. Okay. So 65% corn, the yellow leaming has yellow leaming variety corn in it, and the blue claridge has blue claridge corn. So that's only the only difference between them. They say that the yellow leaming yields depth and balance, while the blue claridge brings an extra layer of fruitiness. I couldn't find any also, reviews Scott, on this yet. The yellow leaming makes you want to just jump off a cliff. <laughs> does it? I think it does. That's leaning. Oh. Are you leaning over the bridge? No, it's not, not the leaming, something jump over the cliff. What? Oh, the lemmings. <laughs> Right, exactly. Leemings, like I said. <laughs> yeah, no. You pronounce it however you want. I pronounce it leeming. <laughs> That's yellow lemmings. <laughs> Different thing. No, I don't think it is. <laughs> well, we got to agree to disagree. Whale Whale's vagina. vagina. <laughs> if you know, you know. They both are MSRP of $56. They're so affordable. It's like, please drink us. I guess I'd try it. Uh, so the next one is Old Elk Cigar Cut. Now we have an Old Elk in the vault. We have we, to get to We it. do. We, we might do a quick taste of that one. Um, inspired by the warm glow of a smoldering fire, Cigar Cut is a select blend of their high malt bourbon aged six years plus up to one and a half years in each of the following casks. Sherry, Aramagnac, Port, and Cognac. So you're talking about another six years? Possibly. I think it's up to 1.5. Okay, okay. So maybe about four. But okay. yeah, it's total aging, probably around 10. Oh, wow, all right. Yeah. It's 110.6 proof. Uh, it's a 51% corn, 15% rye, 34% malted barley. So high malt, 34%. Wow. And just barely a bourbon. Uh, the sherry and the Aramagnac casks provide a rich color and complex flavor notes such as leather. The port and cognac casks provide a smooth, velvety, and full flavor with spiced to dark fruit notes. The MSRP is 120. I was going to say, their regular is like 90. That's actually less than I expected. Oh, well, there you go. I'm still questioning whether I would buy it, but... Yeah, I don't really know. What's the proof? 110.6. The next one up is uh, the newly bought by Luxco and MGP, Penelope. Yeah. They have a new expression called Rio. Bourbon finished in honey barrels and barrels made from Amburana. Not honey badger? Not honey badger. Honey like, barrels. Because honey badger don't give a fuck. Honey badger don't care. <laughs> Amburana, which is a spicy hardwood from Brazil. I mean, if I lived in Brazil, I would be hardwood all the time. Have you seen those women down there? My God. There's no age statement, but it's purportedly four to six years. It's 98 proof, 75% corn, 7% rye, 15% wheat, and 3% malted barley. Honey, graham cracker, cinnamon, burnt orange rind, and toffee on the nose. Honey and nuts like Greek baklava on the palate. Mm. Graham cracker, cinnamon stick, cream soda, roasted malt, light cigar box, and a lingering lavender honey cookie aftertaste on the finish. The MSRP is 90. What's the proof again? 98. Uh yeah it's right there i mean those tasting notes are amazing this is one that i would buy out and 
see if I liked it before I spent $90 well, on we, a bottle. I mean, we've had some good experience with Penelope. We have. They have made great sauce. Their four grain one won awards in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a private barrel release that we did a quick taste on. Yes. Um, their architect was very good. Mm-hmm. So um, Did a quick taste on that as well. But those are coming in much closer to 60, 65, as I remember. Yep. So to jump up to 90, yeah, I don't know. We're on the fence. This yeah, is we're on the fence. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we have two more. Redwood Empire, Cask Strength, Batch 2. Right, their Lost Empire appeared in the Whiskey Madness this year. Yeah. Uh, As the name suggests, this is their second release of Cask Strength versions of their core lineup. So the Pipe Dream Bourbon, the Emerald Giant Rye, and the Lost Monarch Whiskey, which is basically a blend of those first two, but all at Cask Strength. So there's no age statement. They're all between 116.4 and 117.2 proof. So the Pipe Dream, Cask Strength, is Cherry Cola, Honey, Butterscotch, and Pecans. The Emerald Giant Rye is Earl Grey Tea, Viscous Dark Chocolate, Coffee Beans, and Warm Spice. And the Lost Monarch cast strength is Warm Spices, Dried Apricot, and a White Pepper Finish. Okay. From that, I think I would like the Pipe Dream. Oh, no, I would like the Giant Rye, too. Earl Grey Tea and Chocolate. Oh, and yeah. And coffee. Holy shit. Prices? MSRP is 90 Yeah, I mean, that's another one that's right there. Like, on a given day, I would buy it. Right, so compare that to the $90 Penelope Rio, which was only aged four to six years and is less than 100 proof. Right, so if they're next to each other on the shelf, I probably would try the Lost Monarch, but, I mean, I'd like to see MGP get that price down a bit. Right, right? because Penelope was probably marketing up because they bought it and they had to make a profit on it, but now they don't, so maybe they will lower the price. Right, right, right. Bad chance of that. We know how much whiskey you have, MGP. We've talked to you. (laughs) And you told me, we'll never run out of whiskey. That's what you said. We will never run out of whiskey. They have three giant fermentation tanks of something like 26,000 gallons. Constantly running. They have a 24-hour cycle. Like, they will one day be the number one force in whiskey. Mm. I said it here. Write it down. Mm. I'm going to have the MGP Mafia coming around. (laughs) Shut your mouth. (laughs) I just get sucked into a van. (laughs) Oh, my God. Ed's gone. They took him. (laughs) They pull a pillowcase off my head. I'm sitting at the old secrets plant in Indiana. <laughs> Listen, Ed, we like you. We really do. Strapped to it still. Right. My eyes are like taped open like clockwork orange. And they're like, Listen, we like you, Ed. We do. But you really need to settle the fuck down. Okay. We like you, Ed. We do. But you need to settle the fuck down. I don't know why the people in Indiana are speaking with. I don't know. It's like a Bulgarian accent. Bulgarian accent. I don't know. Okay, so the last whiskey that is available this month that we are featuring is Stranahan's Mountain Angel American Single Malt. So currently, this is their oldest expression. Oh, wow. It's 10 years aged, 94.6 proof, 100% malted barley, orange peel, toffee, honey caramel, and dash of pepper on the nose. All those nosing notes with the addition of sweet cornflakes, fig jam, steel-cut oats, and butterscotch on the palate, and a short finish of honey, almond, caramel, pepper, clove, slate, and cinnamon. MSRP is 119 How do you pull slate out of your ass? <laughs> I mean, I gave you the steel-cut oats. I'm like, all right, I'm, ri- I'm riding that. Yeah. Slate? I read that three times. I'm like, do they mean slate? What other word could it possibly be? But no, slate. Oh, it's a no for me. I just saw the regular strand of hands, the gold label that I love so much for $49.99 today sitting next to the Blue Peak, which I love so much, for $39.99. I can buy both of them and still have money for pizza and an Uber. Yeah, again, this is, I, I think, one that you might want to order out. Just one glass, yeah. two ounce pour, because $20. it's going to be way less than 120 And if you love it, hey. Right, hey. Spend 120 for it. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Oh my God, we agree. Right, yeah. Amazing. All right, so the last thing that we do is what's coming up in the next few weeks. Next week is 526, so there's no podcast. 
It's the last week of May. The next week is June 2nd when we'll release episode 64, the third and last of our Bourbon Evolution Trilogy, exploring the current state and possibly future state of bourbon. We're hoping to have Anders and possibly Taylor though from I, Banash. Though I failed to contact her. Oh, oh you did? Okay. So just Anders. <laughs> and Taylor would be a huge wild card. Yeah, it would be great to have her on that. The next week is uh, June 9th, and we're doing a quick taste of Calumet Farms' 16-year, which we recorded just before this news. Yeah. And the next week is 616, and we'll be right back here doing the news for June. Right. All right. right. So I hope this helps everybody. I hope you save some money. (laughs) You're ready to go out and hit the stores. Yeah. Get out there, because some of the stuff will not be there long. And if you can't find it, remember, just go get the Knob Creek. Seven year. Seven year. $37. For rye or get their single barrel for 60. That's 120 proof. Either way, you can't go wrong. Right. And for the Whiskey Tangent Podcast, I'm Ed. I'm Scott. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy your month of drinking whiskey. Find what you can find, drink what you can drink, and we'll see you next month. All right. Cheers. Later. Later.